So we're so excited to welcome Whitney Goodman. She is a licensed marriage and family therapist and author. Her new book, Toxic Positivity, Keeping It Real in a World Obsessed with Being Happy is out now. Thanks so much for coming on, Whitney. Thanks for having me. So we just wanted to just get um, um, some context for the audience of how you got into the mental industry. I wish I had a better story, but I graduated (laughs) from my undergrad degree with like a degree in sociology and gender studies, which you can do nothing with. So (laughs) I started Googling things. I always liked working with people and talking to people. And I found um, these counseling programs and I was like, oh my gosh, this is exactly what I want to do. Ended up applying, going straight from college. So this is really like the only career I've ever had. It's the only thing I've done. And I really enjoy that I'm able to like have a different day every day and meet a lot of interesting people. I feel like the toxic positivity is I've never really heard a lot of people dive deep into this topic. So I'd love to sort of hear how you fell into that and how you, um, you know, came out with um, this whole book. And I don't know, I just feel like it's such a unique topic. Yeah, I, um, I got on Instagram to market my private practice in like 2018. And I felt like, I don't know, maybe because I was on there doing mental health stuff, this part of the algorithm found me that I had never really interacted with before. And it was like all this motivational wellness, like positivity, law of attraction stuff. Yeah. And the more I started seeing it, I was like, oh my gosh, if my patients saw this, they would feel so terrible and I'm like yeah I feel shitty seeing this I'm like this made me feel really bad about myself so I started to save like all these posts I created a Pinterest board that makes it look like I'm obsessed with this stuff but really I was like doing some recon on the topic and I started looking out for it in my conversations with my own clients and with friends and family and it became so obvious that it was this weird thing that we all thought was supposed to be helpful and good for us but behind closed doors we're saying oh my gosh it's not working for me and I don't really like this and I was like that's a problem like this is something that I definitely want to try to talk about out loud and I did a post on it in like early 2019 and that kind of just got the conversation moving can you define for anyone who doesn't know what toxic positivity is yeah so toxic positivity is the unrelenting pressure to be happy or be pursuing happiness and positivity at all costs, no matter what the circumstances are. And this is something that we can use on ourselves or with other people when they're struggling. Yeah. Cause I I feel like too, a lot of it, um, you sort of feel guilty almost sometimes having these feelings of being like, why am I, you know, I'm so upset. I have such a great life. And I feel like it's like looked down on almost to like complain and whatever else. Um, so I'm sure it's such a relief for people to hear, like this can actually be toxic and where that line really does get drawn. For sure. And I think people do feel, I was hearing that a lot in my office of like, I know I shouldn't complain, but I know I should be grateful, but, and it's like, this is therapy. Like it's the one place where you really are allowed to complain and talk about these things. So if you're saying this to me, I can't imagine what it feels like outside of here. Just giving people permission, like, oh, it's okay to have a negative emotion. Like it's a part of being human, you know? Yeah, absolutely. We all have them. Anybody that tells you that they don't is really lying to you. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And I think too, like keeping them bottled up, like those negative emotions and not being able to express them and get over it yourself 
can almost be like more toxic if, you know, you do bottle up those emotions. Absolutely. Like we've been really oversold this message of like positivity is the key. It will make you feel better. And of course, yes, positivity is a good thing when used at the right time, but suppressing your emotions and telling yourself not to feel something is so much worse for you than that promise of positivity being the fix. Do you have examples of like what distinguishes healthy positivity and toxic positivity? Yeah. So toxic positivity is inherently dismissive, right? It shuts down the conversation. It tells somebody that what they're feeling is either wrong or they shouldn't be feeling it. And a lot of this depends on context. So something that might be toxic positivity in one situation might not be in another, right? So thinking about your audience, the timing and the topic. Healthy positivity really is like making space for the full spectrum of emotions and allowing ourselves and other people to arrive at that optimistic place without being like dragged there, kicking and screaming or being told that what they're feeling is wrong. And you can be an optimistic, positive person and not use toxic positivity. It's very possible. Well, maybe I'm getting ahead of it here, but I was just trying to think of ways that like maybe someone could respond to um, say like a friend or family member is vending to you about an issue they're having. Um, I feel like oftentimes people want to say, oh, that's okay. Like everything will be okay. You have a great life. And you think that Mm -hmm. you're like helping because maybe people just aren't sure of how to respond. So what do you think are some suggestions you would give someone to like, you know, respond in a scenario like that? Yeah, it's important to point out that like, this is coming from a place of good intentions, right? These people aren't like toxic or bad or whatever. You still need to like cut them out of your life, but we can teach them. So whenever somebody has that urge coming over them to say one of the platitudes, I recommend that you substitute it with either a validating statement or a question. Mm. Excuse me. So the validation might sound like that makes sense. That sounds really hard. Um, I feel like this isn't fair or like, I can't believe you're going through this, like really just trying to be with that person. And then a question could be something as easy as just like, what was the hardest part? What do you wish was different? Like, what do you wish like your boss was doing differently? What do you wish like would change at work and trying to get the other person talking Like as a therapist, that's what I do. I'm not sitting there just like handing out like gems of wisdom (laughs) the whole session, right? That would be annoying. And so it's thinking about like, how can I get this person to process what they're feeling, to share more with me so that I can understand? Okay. Yeah. That's definitely helpful. Cause what I, when reading the book, I, I wrote that you mentioned, like we have tools that like, we all know what the tools that we need to tackle our problems but like there's something blocking us to reach that knowledge and I thought that was really interesting so I just wanted to check like do you think it's like we need to process things in order to reach that like what do you think's blocking yeah you know some it can be different things right so for some people it might just mean that they need time space validation like to process sometimes people don't have the resources or the tools or the skills and so you saying to them like oh it's all going to work out might not really be true or helpful. But of course there are situations where like, let's say my husband comes home and he's like talking about work. And I'm like, you know what? You should go to your boss and like tell him what you're upset about. He already knows that that's what he should do. Like, that's so simple. He wants to talk about it with me and like process it and feel heard and feel better. 
And so remembering that like, you usually know what you should do in situations, but you sometimes just want to vent, I think can be helpful. And then what if somebody is like coming to you with like the, I mean, obviously as a therapist, it's different, but just in your personal life, like Mm -hmm. if somebody like is saying like something about a relationship or a job and it's like, you know, that they're, they have to change something in order for the issue to, you know, like, how would you tackle that? So the number one thing I think everybody needs to ask when they're helping someone, and you can say this in so many ways, but it's just like, do you want me to listen or do you want advice? And really trying to figure out what the other person wants, because you might have the best, greatest advice, but if they're not in a place where they can hear it or where they're ready for that, it doesn't matter. So don't try to like waste your time with that. Now, of course, if they're coming to you deliberately for advice, let's say you're in the same career or you've been through something similar and they're like, I want you to help me with this. Oh my gosh, of course. Then yeah. that might be a place to like give advice. That's why it's all about like the timing. Cause I feel like that happens to me if I'm upset about something and it's like, people do try to give advice and I'm like, that may, especially my mom. So that's a great <laughs> exactly. example. Like you go to your mom about something yep. and she's just like, well, Julie, like, I don't know. Or why don't you go do this? And I'm like, mom, I need you to just listen right now. Exactly. Listen and let me vent. So, yep. so it, it helps you avoid so many fights. When you're able to just say that up front. Yeah, absolutely. During the pandemic and the like rise of social media and stuff, do you think that that's caused the rise of toxic positivity as well? So I think there was like a really big surge of this a while back, like with a lot of motivational speaking and like MLMs and that type of culture. But in the pandemic, I saw this new like resurgence of positive thinking when we were all going through this and everyone's boss, I feel like with all my clients, their bosses were like, we want you to be happy in meetings or they're trying to do all these like weird fun activities. And everyone's like, I just feel awful right now. Like I'm at home in a pandemic and you see a lot of this pressure to just like be happy and be grateful and be positive when things are really just shitty at that moment and when we allow people to acknowledge that it's bad it's so much easier for them to be like okay it's not going to be like this forever I know it's going to get better and like move into that optimistic place yeah like they reach the perspective on their own yeah exactly so I feel like you've mentioned too a lot about like you know situations with like your boss or um, just a lot about the workplace. So I did see that in the chapter, you had a section about like to- toxic positivity in the workplace mm-hmm. and how that itself can be toxic. So I'd love for you to elaborate a little bit on that. Cause I feel like a lot of our listeners are sort of in their twenties, sort of navigating the, their careers. Um, and, you know, going through, um, like, uh, what's the word I was going to say, Sophia? Um, oh, imposter syndrome a little. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah so yeah. I'd love to hear you talk about that. So I think the workplace, it's like rampant there because of course for bosses and employers, it's much easier to have happy employees that don't complain and don't bring anything up. And there's this focus on like, we just want everyone to get along and be the same and be happy. But of course we need some negativity and complaining in the workplace because that's how problems get solved. It's also a great boost for creativity. Like for anyone in creative industries, you know, you have to talk about the problem to get to the solution. And there's also a lot of things that go on in the workplace, sexism, racism, these types of complaints that are very legitimate. So for employers, I really recommend like 
creating a space where people can talk about those topics and they can be addressed in like a real and concrete way. You don't have to give attention to everything. Like if somebody's complaining about the coffee flavors or something, of course, that's not something you want to address, but there's these real like legitimate issues. And as an employee, like really identifying when you're complaining or bringing something up, like, what am I complaining about? What do I want to be fixed or changed? And who has the ability to make that happen? So if you keep going to your coworker over and over who has no power, that might start leaving you feeling stuck and nothing changes. So maybe you need to go to your boss or somebody in your department, whatever it is. Yeah. Okay. That's good to know. And also too, I feel like, um, you know, if a, something like a process at work isn't working, but everyone sort of is just like, it'll all work out in the end. It's yeah. like, no, sometimes we do have to bring up these issues so that we can get to the bottom of it and actually solve. So then it can be a naturally positive environment. Exactly. And instead of like, I feel like when people do that, they get a lot of like, oh, you're just being negative or you're like trying to bring us down. And instead of like being able to have the confidence and say like, no, this isn't negativity there's a problem here and I'd like to solve it so that we can move into a more positive place. Yes, exactly. For sure. Um, So I know you're a therapist. So this is me asking for a friend, but really for myself (laughs) Um, and my therapist hears this all the time, but like when you hear clients that have like negative self-talk, what do you usually suggest to them? Cause I feel like that's more valid because it's like coming from you and Mm -hmm. can be more detrimental than like toxic positivity from somebody else, you know, for sure. So we're often taught that like, whenever you have negative thought about yourself, you should spin it into a positive. Um, And I find that with a lot of my clients, especially women, we are like bombarded 24 seven with things that we should hate about ourselves. And so it's just not realistic that I'm going to be like, Oh, now I love this part of my body, or I love this thing that I recommend, like trying to be really realistic with yourself and creating affirmations to counteract that self-talk that seem believable. So if you're saying like, um, no one will ever love me, like you haven't been in a relationship and you're feeling that way, you might want to look at like, okay, I believe that I am worthy of respect or like some people do like me or trying to come up with these affirmations that aren't just like, I am the best person in the world. When you're in a place that you feel unlovable, that is going to be so hard to believe. And from there, it gets easier and easier to build on top of that and change your self-talk to be more and more affirming over time. Okay. Awesome. Because that's the thing. My therapist will say like, try writing it down first, because if you look in the mirror and just say this to yourself immediately, you're going to feel like it's BS, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And so if you write it down and you're like, oh, that does not at all seem like realistic or possible right now, thinking about like, how can you change it? And some words you can use are like, I will try to love myself. Mm -hmm. I am learning to love myself. So turning it into an action instead of I love myself. Oh, wait, I love that. That's great. (laughs) It's really helpful. Just going back to the body image thing too, since again, like being women, like it's always just like picking apart your body. You're supposed to be a specific way. Um, like, do you think it's helpful to maybe sometimes if you're thinking negatively, you could be like, but I do love this about myself, whether it's your body or not, but like maybe counteracting that with something that you love about yourself. 
that can definitely be helpful if you feel like the thing that you love about yourself is like legitimate enough, like you're strong okay. in that and can be like, okay, I love my hair. Or I love this. Yeah. And it feels real. Yeah. Um, the other thing I really like is this idea of body neutrality, um, which has been used a lot in like the body positivity space by other therapists, um, where you can just show your body respect, even when you don't like it. So I was talking about this with somebody else that like body positivity kind of teaches you that even when you're bloated, you have to be like, I love my body. It's beautiful. Even when I'm bloated. And I know for me, I'm like, I don't like being bloated. It's uncomfortable. My pants don't button. Like, I'm not going to tell myself I love being bloated. So it's easier to just be like, all right, I'm bloated today. Maybe I won't be tomorrow. It's okay that I'm bloated and kind of be in this like more neutral space than automatically going to love. Right. Okay. That's fair too. And being like, this is my body doing what it needs to do. Like, right. Exactly. For a reason. And you know, you can be bloated because you ate a salad. You can be bloated because you ate something like, you know, more like heavy and fat. So it's like, so, um, you know, your body needs to be bloated to do all of these things. Right. So. Just like going back to the facts, right. I'm bloated. Yeah. I yeah. ate. I'm a human being, exactly. <laughs> you know, right. I'm not, not turning it into like this big thing. Totally. Yeah. Well, that's why the message of this book is so good. I feel like, cause if you're just dismissive and you're like, nope, like gotta be positive. Like you're not acknowledging if like a series of things have happened in one day, you're like, like, I feel like you need to acknowledge it to not yeah. think there's something wrong with you. For right. That. Right. And not everything has to be positive. I think that's why yeah. you like get so confused that it's just like, you know, if I don't feel good, I don't feel good. And it, I think people are so scared that they're going to get like stuck in negativity yeah. that they try to put like, a positive spin on everything. But what I notice with my clients in therapy that like, if I don't meet them where they're at, they're even more likely to get stuck there because yeah. now they feel alone where yeah. they're at. Yeah. Cause you're just spewing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I feel like too, I saw that you say, um, it can like negatively like impact like friendships and families. And I don't know if you watch keeping up with the Kardashians, but I kept thinking about um, how Courtney that one season was just like you guys are bad vibes like yeah. this is so negative like I'm all about the positive vibes and it was causing like a tip more between their like sister yeah though and so that's exactly what I thought of it was like yes yeah. it's gonna be positive but you're causing more issues with your family By saying right that. and I think they like out, shortly after that they like get in a fist fight or something yeah, exactly. like, okay, yes you're not like that good of vibes then y'all yeah. like, just be honest yeah let's just tackle the root issue right so do you think like there are things about law of attraction that you think can be useful and helpful but that the message itself could be detrimental at times totally so the idea that like what we focus on becomes much louder in our life is certainly true like if I every day am just looking at the things I don't like about myself and only focusing on that it's not going to feel good Mm-hmm. The, the idea also of like, I need to visualize what I want, um, you know, in order to get it is very powerful. What yeah. I find is like, it goes way too far left when we say like, you're bringing things on yourself, like disease or illness or trauma, or like that your thoughts create your entire reality. And we don't integrate like where people live and what they have access to, uh, that it can get kind of dicey and make people feel really bad. Yeah. Yeah. And, and when I first learned about it, it was really helpful, but I will say there was like a part of me that was like, crap, like if I think negatively now, like 
it's because of me. And so yeah. I wouldn't give myself permission to just have a negative thought. And I think, yes, it's powerful, but I don't think it's that powerful that like you're bringing it on yourself. Right. I mean, I know a lot of po- very positive people that have gotten sick or who have died. I know a right. lot of very negative yeah. people that are very successful. <laughs> yeah. So like I have a they're lot just of chill. Yeah. yeah. Or because themselves. they've had things, you know, even really like negative people who have had things given to them mm-hmm. and they have a lot of success and opportunity around them and their negativity still doesn't get in the way. Like knowing that it's okay to like be upset about something and vent about something, even if you know that like you are being a little sensitive or like, you know what I mean? Just being like, I know that I might be a little dramatic right now. And you know, everything they did was valid, but I can still like process these emotions and not feel guilty about it. For sure. And I mean, you guys might notice this with your own friends. Like I definitely see it with mine or with my sister that like, if I just let, if she's like, I need to vent for a second and yeah. I let her do it. And I just listen and say like, oh my gosh, this sounds awful, whatever. Then she stops after like a couple of minutes. And it's like, thanks for listening to me. If you try to push them, you end up listening to someone vent for a lot longer. I find yeah, right. Cause they're like fighting back against you. Yeah. Or it's just like a huge blowout in the end. And you like are crying yeah. like out because you've been suppressing these emotions for like days. And it's like, sometimes you just have to get it out. Right. Or they stop coming to you, period, you know, because you don't want to listen and you're not being kind. That doesn't mean you can't set boundaries, of course, when you can't listen or be there in the moment. So um, I guess our last question for you is just like, what do you want readers to take away from your book? Yeah, I hope that people see that there's a lot of positive value in your negative, you know, quote unquote, negative feelings in your complaints in the bad things going on and that so much good can come from allowing yourself to feel that. And I also really hope that people learn how to connect with each other. I think that's what this toxic positivity has really stolen from us is the ability to like be with each other in these really hard moments and be present. Yeah, that's so fair. And also um, for anyone who hasn't picked up the book, I know it came out recently. I feel like there are a lot of like tangible things people can learn about how to, like you said, connect with people, how to respond in these scenarios. Um, So I suggest everyone to go check it out. Yes, we loved it. (laughs) Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. And Um, I love the cover, by the way. Yeah, it's inspired by all the Pinterest quotes. Yes, yes. (laughs) Um, and then can you tell people like where to follow you if they want to hear more? Yeah. At sit with wit on Instagram. And then my website is sitwithwit.com. Okay. I love that handle name, by the way. Thank you. (laughs) That's so funny. Wish I came up with it, but I didn't. (laughs) We'll pretend. (laughs) Exactly. Well, thank you so much for coming on when you're the best. And we really appreciate it. Thanks so much for having me. Feel free to send me the links when everything comes out and I'll share it. Perfect. Enjoy the weather over there. Thank you so much. Talk to you guys soon. Bye. Bye.